Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm excited to speak with my guest, Whitney Elkins Hutton. Welcome, Whitney. Thanks so much for having me on, David. This is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just start. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, and what your company is. Yeah. So I'm the director of investor education at passiveinvesting.com. I also have my own real estate portfolio and, um, you know, coach and mentor individuals at ashwealth.com. So I have a few different irons in the fire here. Uh, as far as, you know, where I'm at, I'm in, you know, sunny Boulder, Colorado. We were just talking about that before the show. Yeah. Uh, and I started off real estate investing in 2002, um, completely yeah. by accident. I was in the public health field working 80 hours a week and traveling all the time. And really had no intention in getting into real estate, um, but I bought a house with a significant other and the relationship quickly fell apart and I had a house. And then, you know, a year later after I rehabbed the house and, you know, had um, friends helping me pay all the bills, you know, as, as renters, uh, I sold the property and I made more money in that one year um, than I did at my day job. And I had a been paying for any of the bills the whole entire time. That's when I was kind of bitten by the real estate bug and spent the next few years uh, you know, leaning into what I had already learned, which was uh, living, flipping and house hacking. Uh, and then, you know, you know, quickly we developed our portfolio to include buy and hold rentals, larger commercial assets. And, you know, really um, all those changes that we can explore along the way was because we hit a ceiling of achievement of what we wanted in life. And we just couldn't find, figure out a way to get there. And we had to figure out how to scale and go to the next level. Nice. Okay. So if we go back, uh, you just ended up in this, you said. So yeah, they like, call it an accidental landlord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Completely by accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, if go back even further and tell me, like, did you what did you who'd you what did you want to be when you grew up? I hate that who'd you want to be? What did you want to do when you grew up? Because <laughs> who you're being is totally different than what you're doing. But well, um I can answer both of those questions. Okay, cool. Because, yeah. Yeah. I always dreamed of being somebody who created an impact in other people's okay. lives. And I really thought that that impact had to be created through health. And so mm. I actually, when I was in undergrad, you know, I studied chemistry and biochemistry okay. and went into went to med school, you know, did two years of med school uh, and then realized, I was like, wait a second, this one-on-one, -on -one, one to maybe 10, one to maybe 80 relationship in a practice that wasn't really for me. I was more intrigued. I don't, I'm dating myself, but that movie Outbreak with Renee Russo and Dustin Hoffman, I'm like, yes, I want to do that. Um, right. You know, and I just felt like I could serve populations better. Um, but, you know, really, whenever you get into that kind of, uh, even dealing with an outbreak like COVID or even, you know, what I, the field I was in, which was sexually transmitted diseases, you're helping people with behavior changes so they can better mm -hmm. themselves and their lives and their community. Mm -hmm. And I thought it had to be done through health. And uh, really what throughout this whole like real estate journey, I've discovered that it can be done in a myriad of ways, even helping people with their finances, you know, uh, and that too is 
public health, you know, people to, you know, teaching them to be more self-reliant, self-resilient, um, and be able to, you know, not only uplift themselves and their families, but also the community around them. So that's like what I always wanted. Mm. Who did I like start off with? Like, what did I want to become? Like, I, I wanted to be a doctor. But I mean, I was mm-hmm. the kid with the stuffed animal animals and the stethoscopes. And, you know, I, you would take my Barbie dolls apart to figure out how to put them back together. Right. Like I was performing like little mini surgeries on them. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So yeah. So then you had accidental landlord and went through this and then I I really love, you said uh, you hit the ceiling of achievement. I'm curious. Have you read the one thing? Oh, absolutely. I live. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, ah, I've heard that before. Um, yeah. So let's talk about a few of those. I want to hear what were a couple of those ceilings that you ran into and then how did you navigate through them? Yeah. So, you know, if we contain it to our real estate journey or my real estate journey, and then, you know, my husband eventually, you know, kind of enjoyed, joined me in my antics. Our first right. level of achievement that we ran into was, um, you know, getting our capital to stretch further. So, uh, you know, I had, you know, stumbled across the, across this living, um, flipping house hacking strategy because I could like, you know, essentially make $250,000 with each house or up to mm-hmm. individually tax-free. Um, but you know, I, I guess suppose my first level was adding a spouse to the mix so I could now make $500,000 per project tax-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we realized there was a lot of time involved to do that. And we started buying rentals locally around us. And we realized we were going to run out of capital very quickly and not actually meet our cash flow goals that we wanted to hit. So our first level of achievement was to figure out how to invest outside of our market and to scale that way through other people, meaning we had to learn how to interview and hire and build teams out of market. We had to learn how to um, evaluate markets and neighborhoods and you know, uh, work with realtors and lenders in those particular areas. And then, so we started scaling about 30 single family properties out of our state. And then um, we had our next level of achievement, which, uh, well, actually we didn't even get that far. We got to about 10 properties. And again, we were running out of capital again. So Mm -hmm. we needed to figure out how to switch our strategy to where we could recycle our capital over and over again, which meant we had to get really savvy about buying deals below market, rehabbing the deal, putting the tenant in place. So we had a stream of income on the property and then going to the bank and repositioning each of these properties so we can pull our own capital back out. Mm. It's kind of close to creating an infinite return. And so we got up to 30 properties that way. And then it became, I hit a ceiling of achievement with my time. Mm. Yeah, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm using property managers, but now I'm having to manage the property managers. We have multiple markets. You know, there was just a lot of demands on my time. I was still trying to build an, an additional business and work full time. We had a small child at home. I was taking care of family members. I really felt like I was burning the candle at both ends and not five times in the middle. I don't know if anybody here can identify with that. <laughs> so I was like, wait a second, we're creating this so we could have a life in the future to where we're very time leveraged. But I'm like, why can't we use some of that cash now to create the, that, that forward life now? So I wanted to, I went to my husband and I wanted to kind of step away a little bit from my work, you know, spend more time at home. And he said, amazing. I want that too. And I'm like, wait, uh, <laughs> so now we need 80 properties. This is like not going the direction I wanted the conversation to go. I was yeah. super excited that he was fully on board, but at the same time, I'm like, this not, does not solve my problem. And I was right. like, that's it. We need to figure out how to buy larger properties, get larger scale. 
you know, more units um, with one transaction. We need to learn how to utilize partnerships. And so that's when we dove into two strategies at the same time, which was active investing, where we're finding our own multifamily property. And we bought a 52-unit property in Indianapolis um, with partners. And then I also had discovered passive investing at the same time, where I invest in other operators' deals. And you know, they bring the time, knowledge, and expertise. Now, a lot of people might be going, well, how do you you're build you're investing in somebody else's business? And like, yes, and I was able to scale my own real estate holdings by, you know, being a limited partner in some of those assets. Mm -hmm. So we did both of those simultaneously. And, you know, fast forward several years later, we have over 6,300 units under management um, in our portfolio, both actively and passively, 1,400 self-storage units, sorry, 6,300 multifamily units, 1,400 self-storage units, uh, and nine car washes. And then a camper van business. I'm not busy at all. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. Wow. Okay. So yeah, no drive. You're not busy. Like no aspirations for anything. Just hanging out, relaxing. (laughs) But I want to, I want to point out here because I know this is something that you talk very, you know, often about to your audience. My daughter, she comes, she's at home. You know, I, I'm, you know, I work from home. I, I I do, I, I work very hard. But we travel a lot. You know, we've created those freedoms that we thought we were going to, we had to wait until we retired. They're here now. Like we get mm-hmm. to travel. We're location independent. Our daughter homeschools. We're very involved in her day to day schooling. And, you know, I just have, I, we just got a new puppy too. And I'm, they're asleep in the other room. So fortunately, like, yeah. yeah, I get to have a lot of those freedoms now. And so I'm super excited to share. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I think, Ultimately, almost every entrepreneur goes sets out to to create something like that, and maybe they don't have that vision right off the bat. But like, getting to that place is amazing, and not easy. So, congratulations! Oh well, thank you. Well, and I'm still in the process, you know, of leveling up. Like, I'm working with a coach now to to explore the question. Okay, now that I've achieved some of these things that I thought they were going to be five, 10, 15 years down the line. What do I want now? What do I want my life to look like? And yeah, we're just recreating that picture and, you know, putting the systems and people in place in order to achieve that. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I ask people that sometimes like, okay, like, so you make, you make this money and, and you get this time freedom. What do you want to do with it? <laughs> and a lot of times we're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure like there's, uh, is there a little bit of that for you or do you kind of, you have some stuff that you had been thinking about for a while that you want to do? You know, it's funny that you asked that because, you know, uh, you know, my coach has just recently asked me kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, you've checked a lot of your like five years, five year goals off this year. Now, what do do you want? I'm like, I want, uh, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I need to go back to the drawing board and figure this out. Um, uh-huh. So it, it's, um, and I think it's that, I, I, I guess there's two things. I'm on a journey for two things to, you know, to figure out what is enough and also what do I want to become? And I'm trying to figure out like the interplay of those two, right? Because, you know, people that are very driven, especially like solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, they're going to chip away at it, but, uh, you know, and, and figure it out, you know, they're going to go over, under, and through all their obstacles until they get it resolved. But at the end of the day, like, what is, what is that? What do they want their life to look at, like, in 5, 10, 15 years? And make sure all their decisions serve them. So for me, I'm totally keeping my eye on the ball of making sure that I 
maintain boundaries on my time mm-hmm. that, you know, um, I'm also very location independent because those two freedoms drive me because I want freedom of choice. I want a freedom mm-hmm. of choice. It's not that I don't want to work. I want to, I do want to work. I want to work hard, but I want to, you know, in creating that impact, I want to make sure that I, I'm not sacrificing you know, those relationships dear to me. And I also, you know, keep that all in line with, you know, is it going to you know, help me maintain my financial independence and create financial freedom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's, it's funny because sometimes, and, and I even struggle with this still a little bit where it's like, I have created my life in a way where, okay, I've got all this stuff, but I, ha- and I have a lot of space and I don't necessarily schedule that all out. And sometimes I'm like, all right, like, what are we going to do tonight? I don't know, <laughs> you know, but it's weird because you also have this mega drive at the same time being an entrepreneur and like finding the the back and forth. And I don't even like the word balance. It's like stuff is always shifting. It's not like you're going to land in this magical spot and be like, all right, we're good forever, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that was something, you know, when I was working my nine to five job, I always struggled to find the balance, right? That quote unquote balance. And I think it's because I was striving after somebody else's priorities, right? Mm-hmm. They're not my own necessarily. If I could dovetail them together, fantastic. Um, but my identity was wrapped up in somebody else's priorities. Mm-hmm. Once I kind of unteased that, unteased that apart. And now I'm, I mean, full on, on my own serving my own priorities, you know, it, it, you have to, I think you can get, I think, you know, going back to the one thing, like you could get distracted and stay busy, but, or you can figure out like how to like prioritize the number one thing. So you're continuing to move forward. And, you know, it, it does mean sometimes that I have to tell my daughter, I have to work tonight, which I did this morning, but what are we going to do? I'm going to go scoop her up from camp and we're going to do a couple of fun things afterwards. And I'm going to be a hundred percent focused on her in the meantime until I have to work. So it, I'm never like, you know, balance is such a weird word and, you know, it's more of like, you know, um, focused on priorities in the moment and making sure that your, those priorities stay somewhat balanced. Yeah. What people, you know, you know, try to achieve. Totally. Yeah. And long-term priorities and short-term priorities, like being Mm -hmm. able to zoom in and out and see both those things. How old is your daughter? She's 10. 10. She's growing up too fast. (laughs) My oldest is nine. So very, very similar. Uh, Okay, cool. So you talked about the ceiling of achievement that you kind of worked through in real estate and all these different ideas and creating this um, freedom that you've created. I'm curious if you feel like there were a couple other things that were pretty tough challenges or sacrifices that you made to, to go through that. And maybe that is like, you know, the working before you started doing this stuff, but you, you can, it's open-ended. You can talk about whatever you want with that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the first challenge is, you know, committing to this from being a side hustle to like me actually building and scaling. Like, mm. you know, um, at first I was just like a landlord. I had a couple houses and I was doing like a flip on the side. It was just a side hustle. It produced some income. It wasn't my main gig. Um, so that was kind of obstacle number one was making that transition. Like, mm-hmm. hey, like this this side hustle of mine is actually going to be able to provide. Um, which I hit another kind of obstacle, which is my identity was at, wrapped up in my nine to five job. I worked in public health. I was working in community pharmacy, and that was mm-hmm. super hard for me to kind of let go and be like, all this year, all these years of school that I went through, like to get my master's and my PhD, 
I'm going to set that all down to do real estate. Really? Yeah. Like, um, and I, I, I talk to investors daily and, um, it, you can sense that tension, right? They want what real estate or serial, you know, creating serial businesses can provide. They don't know how to untease their identity from that. Mm-hmm. Once you can kind of get comfortable with that, then it's like, okay, game on. How do I unlock these golden handcuffs? What's the math? What's the process in order to replace my income with some sort of passive income, either from real estate, you know, which is what I chose to do, or from your own business? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like obstacle number three. And then it's like, I'm 100% owner in whether this lives or dies. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge amount of responsibility there. And, you know, I've had to come home and tell my husband, I'm like, I lost a hundred thousand dollars today. Yeah. <laughs> Can you still remember, Can you still like, remember that, the first that, time like, you did that? Yeah. That, that, that's not the kind of mic drop that you want to have. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, well, you know, at first it was like the fear of like losing two or five or 10. And then, you know, we had an investment of ours go sideways and it was a hundred thousand dollars. No, it's not completely gone. You know, we have, we're executing the terms of the contract and to recoup some of our costs and hopefully we'll get the whole hundred back. Um, but you know, going go into your spouse and say, no, honey, this could be gone. Like that's not a fun conversation to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do I remember when I had that conversation? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> there's no way you would possibly forget that first time you had to come home. <laughs> well, the first time was actually, uh, um, what did we have happen? We had a, this was years ago. We had a tree fall on one of our properties oh. and it, um, it actually fell on the knee. It took out the fence, it took out the shed on our property, but it also, I'm sorry, it, did, it took out the fence, took out like a play structure on one of our properties, but it took out the neighbor's shed. And I thought we were getting sued for everything. Yeah. And so, um, that was like nerve wracking, <laughs> you yeah. know, but now like it, there's certain things that we've put in place, you know, um, obviously there's safeguards. We have our insurance, we have our property management, um, we have a commercial liability policy, we have our, all of our assets and entities. So there's a, you know, a barrier, you know, between our, ourselves and our properties and our tenants and our properties. Mm-hmm. And so all those things are placed, but, you know, number one thing is like, for me is being a good responsive landlord. Um, that's probably the number the, the most, you know, the best thing that I could possibly do for our business in order to protect it is like respond very quickly and, you know, ethically to those types of situations. But you're just in there going, how mad is that neighbor going to be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So the whole identity thing though, cause this is like my jam. I love talking about this and I'm curious how you found your way through that. And if there was anything that was that was helpful that maybe you would share with somebody else in kind of that untangling process. You know, I wish I had like kind of roadmap for, you know, for somebody to to help them with that. I mean, there's, you know, in the end, there's three questions that somebody needs to be really honest and truthful with themselves on is like, what do you want? Why do you want? And how, who do you need to become to get it? Now, the first time you ask this questions of yourself, they're very probably surface level, right? You're gonna like, what do I want? I want my I want money coming in. You know, why do I want it? Because I want to take my friend, you know, family on a trip or I want to get out of debt, right? They're very surface level. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, continuing to ask those questions on a regular basis over time, especially as you're you know, having, you know, taking those incremental steps forward, 
you're going to start peeling back the layers of the onion. And that's when you're going to hit that, that ultimate decision. You're going to see what you've created and you're going to be like, Ooh, you're like the dog, right? Like, do I want that over there? The, the squirrel over here? I don't want the treat in my owner's hand over here, right? Mm-hmm. It's easier to go for the treat in the owner's hand, right? Because it's there, it's tangible. You know, you're going to get it again and again. That's why people stay very tied to their jobs. Mm-hmm. To go hunt for that thing over there that create that business to get the kill in, you know, in order to speak is going to take a lot of courage. And, um, you have to be able to kind of step into that unknown and recreate yourself in order to get that done. Now, for me, it was continuing to ask that question, what do I want and why do I want it repeatedly? Because that's when I, after years of searching for that, what I wanted was, it wasn't to like, you know, free, you know, a community of, you know, some sort of disease or to protect, you know, uh, a community from an outbreak. It was to create an impact in people's lives. And that was when I sat down and I realized that I could do that. It didn't matter if I was in public health or real estate, I could actually do that now. That's when I was able to kind of, you know, untangle my identity from my job and connect it with my purpose. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I think it's so easy, especially when we're younger to get wrapped up in the identity of whatever the thing is that we're doing, Mm -hmm. but that's not who we are. It's just the thing we're doing. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah com- coming away from that, I love those questions that you you asked yourself too. And I think you're so on the money with asking them again and again and again. Because yeah, otherwise you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll be stagnant. You'll stop. And then, yeah. I mean, we're, we're people are um, rewarded by progress, no matter how small or incremental it is. And so to think that you only can answer those questions one time and like check the box, like to me is just bananas. Yeah. But uh, so. yeah. well, I mean, so many people do. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just not in the awareness that there, that the possibility that there could be something else. And I think that's a, such a cool <laughs> gift that you bring to people too, is like possibility of what's possible. <laughs> right. So, um, that it's funny enough. I don't think we're taught that in, at least I know I wasn't taught that in school. Like, you know, you you set your goals for the year and you're, you're done. Right. Um, you know, I mean, even for my daughter, we're trying to teach her very young. We do dream sessions. Like, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? How do you want to get back? Right. Those are the, I think for me, the key three key things that create happiness. And just to start that, her thinking about that at such a young age, and we draw it out and it's posted on the wall. It actually covers up the television in one of our rooms. So it doesn't get turned <laughs> on. It's very strategic, nice. strategical, <laughs> you know, yeah. my big piece of butcher paper. Um, but, you know, just, uh, you know, we started that process about it, you know, beginning of COVID really, um, mm-hmm. because I needed her to start thinking outside of the box because now her, her, her work, her school she wasn't going to school on a daily basis. And I'm like, you can still achieve all these things in life. It doesn't have to be because you're going into a building mm-hmm. and you know, sitting down in front of a teacher. Let's figure out how to get that need met in a different way. And, and then we continue to revisit it and you can see her struggle, right? Even I do it for myself. And sometimes I'm like, oh, what do, what do I want next, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's okay. It's kind of, it's kind of like having a conversation and, you know, asking a question and just being silent. Sometimes it does take you a while to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that you're doing that. And, and yeah, as, as kids, it's, 
we're so good at dreaming as kids, but then we're also like trying to put structures around things and figure things out. And so I can see how like, wait, I'm not going here. How does this work? Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, one of the, I don't know, I follow Mastin Kip. Um, you know, he's very trauma trauma oriented. I don't know, I'm gonna like say that wrong. Um, but he he's a business, he helps, he's a business coach, but he helps people kind of like in, untangle the trauma so they can be more successful and give more. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things he was like, you have to get, you know, you have to kind of figure out who was the person that your parents wanted you to be and let that go. Right. Mm. Because, you know, that's another you know, thing that we, it's the wonder our kids survive us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> right. They're, they're trying to figure out like where, where they, they get their food and the rewards. Right. And they're going to be that person in order to get it. Um, yeah. And so how can we help them, you know, you know, operate within a container of society, but also be the person that they're meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, we can talk about this forever, but okay. Let's shift back to your, your business a little bit here. Um, <laughs> so you have all the stuff that you invest in, then do you also help other people invest and start their own kind of journey on the same path? Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of different ways that I work with people. Um, my primary, prim- primary way that I work with people is um, through passive investments. Okay. So People who are building their own businesses that you know are seeing some sort of level of success. Maybe you're a real estate, you know, in real estate, and you're just like, I'm tired of being a landlord. I need, I want somebody else to do it. Or maybe you're a high income earner in your business already, and you want to like figure out how to create passive income that's not attached to your business to get some sort of diversification. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are kind of the three three most. Um, common um, clients that I work with and I help pair them with passive investments that create not only passive cash flow now, but long-term wealth build later. And so that's what we do at passiveinvesting.com. You know, we're very driven in real estate. We have multifamily assets, self-storage, car washes, and hotels. And we also have a real estate debt fund. And so all those, and I help kind of people understand, you know, as my role is investor education, I help them understand that you know, the opportunities related to each type of investment strategy, because they're a little bit different depending on what you need in your portfolio. You know, there's not a one size fits all solution. I mean, there's no VTSAX or VTI index, like, you know, like a lot of financial advisors would like to kind of put you in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking really for assets that produce, preserve capital, create cash flow, equity build, tax benefits, and takes um, advantage of the current interest rate environment. Cool. I love it. Okay. And who's like the average person that comes to you for one of your services? Yeah, there is really no average, Um, you know, but I mean, like I said, it usually is somebody who's, you know, maybe had a, you know, a a large exit out of their business or out of a particular property and wants to, you know, reposition that asset into a passive asset or take advantage of tax benefits. Um, maybe they're a high income earner, either within their own business or, uh, you know, maybe they're a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Um, you know, we help them build that type of passive income, you know, uh, accident our landlords that, you know, that's, you know, we've kind of talked about a little bit yeah. of, about goals, but, you know, I know I run into a lot of people that wake up and they have 40, 50 properties and they're like, wait a second. I have another job. <laughs> That's not what I signed up for. Uh, how can I actually get the same result of real estate, but get that passively? So it mm. help them, you know, um, educate them on like how, what that transition would look like. Okay, cool. And I'm assuming, uh, well, I shouldn't assume you do in, uh, coaching in some ways, like coaching people through the process or also then they can just 
put money in and you guys take care of all the rest sort of thing? Yeah, it's a very um, informal relationship. I mean, I, I, I love talking to all things real estate to people, you know, with people. And so, you know, people, somebody can hop on the phone with me and I can get to know them and their investing goals and, you know, just, you know, give them a little bit of pointers or like, you know, hey, you say that you want this, but you're doing this, you know, that there's no alignment there. Um, mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a better way for us to achieve your goals, um, in a more passive fashion. Cool. Okay. Awesome. I love it. Uh, just a couple more questions to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. You you maybe already kind of shared this, but I'm going to open it up to any category of your life. What makes you feel fully alive? You know, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I, I guess like, you know, climbing a mountain, <laughs> Like there's cool. no, no thing yeah. like being like on the side of a mountain and having to be 110% present and like, you know, just conquering this large piece of granite. Yeah. Um, rock, are you a rock climber or a hiker? Yes. Rock climber. Yeah. Cool. I, I've what? gotten my daughter into that too. So <laughs> much to my husband's chagrin. His is mountain biking. So we get okay. to train because when I see her go down, downhill on some stuff, I'm like, you know, my eyes are closed my my palms are sweaty. <laughs> My Isn't husband's that... like, take her climbing. I'm like, but she's roped in. <laughs> like, she can't fall. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, trad, sport, what do you, what's your favorite gym? I, since I, I love trad. Um, okay. I, I trad and eight climb, but mostly right now we're doing sport. Okay. I cool. think when my daughter can focus a little bit better, we'll start doing more trad. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot safer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it because you're clipping somebody else's bolts i don't know <laughs> i mean i listen to a lot of climbing podcasts and i've listened to a few recently where they were like describing the degrees of risk tolerance i don't know if you listen to climbing gold but like no uh it's really cool alex honnold and the guy from from uh fitz cahal from dirt okay. diaries yeah they co-host it anyway yeah talking about all those different levels of risk and sport climbing is like kind of at the lowest risk level compared to all the things that you could do in climbing. So I feel like <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, I love that. You're like, no, they can't ride down a hill either. <laughs> I'm like, dude, she's going downhill over rocks and tree roots and very varying conditions. And like, yeah. there's no rope. She falls like, you know, yeah, yeah. that's a broken bone. Mate. I mean, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, very cool. At a, a rate of speed that's insane, like 35, 40 miles an hour. <laughs> so. Right. Totally. Yeah. Mountain biking is yeah. crazy. Yeah. I took my wife on her first ever um, alpine four pitch climb in the mountains last year. It was like the coolest experience ever. It was so fun to get to do that with her. How does she do? Does she like it? She loved it. She talks about it now, but like, so we had. It was a, where it was a backpacking trip. So we backpack in and then we had to hike up to the base of the route the next day. And mm -hmm. so we hike up there and she's like pretty tired <laughs> and, and she's kind of like sitting down, like, I don't know, you know, looking up at it. And like, when we came around the corner and she saw what we were climbing, she was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. It always looks scarier from that side, you know, until you get close to it. But so I just start racking up, putting stuff on. I'm like, all right, here we go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she did awesome. We cl we climbed to the top and, and I have a video of her at the top. And I was like, how are you feeling right now? I was like, how was it? And we were in this place called the Enchantments. I don't know if you've heard mm -hmm. of it. And she, but she's like, it was enchanting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, how are you feeling right now? And she's like, I'll feel a lot better when we're down. <laughs> but now, now talking about it later, she's like, that was one of the coolest things we've ever done. And, you know, 
that's just kind of how it goes in the mountains. I feel like yeah, it's like totally. it's, getting it's a, good when you're down. Yeah. <laughs> getting two feet on terra for a man for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, because you're a mom and an entrepreneur, I'd love for you to just share one thing that you have found to be helpful in navigating that business at home work, you know, that whole thing of being a mom and homeschool and working at the same time. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, tell a story to this. So I okay. actually went to a Tony, Tony Robbins conference, the ultimate power within or whatever the kind of like the initial one is. Right. Um, almost three years yeah. ago now. And, um, it was actually not him. It was the guy that does the business coaching and okay. he, uh, that was talking, you know, cause they're, each try they're trying to sell their own packages. Right. And sure. he picked up a jacket, you know, he goes, you, you know what I, what I want to tell all your mom, you moms out there. He like picked up this woman's jacket off the back of the chair and he threw it on the floor. And he was like, you need to learn how to just step over this and go do something. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> I like, I, my friend was with me. I'm like, I can like just step over the jacket. Like, I don't have to pick it up. I don't have to manage everybody else. Like I get to go do my own thing first and put on mm -hmm. my own mask and then come back and then manage the household. Like, yeah, it might be a little bit messy and chaotic, but I'm, I'm giving other people the power to step up. Right. And so I was just, I had realized I'd been doing myself a disservice, trying to be super mom and take care of everything, you know? And sometimes my husband comes home, you know, I work from home. I am not a housewife, you know, and right. God bless all the housewives out there because that is like the hardest job. But like for me, I work from home and like, sometimes there's the expectation that the house needs to be hundred percent put together. And like, you know, mm -hmm. the, 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 the laundry's undone, the dishes aren't put away, like dinner's not cut. And you know, my kid is like, you know, got her stuff all over the floor. I have to be okay with that mm -hmm. in order for me to like, show her that I'm building my own thing. Yeah. And otherwise you give away all your peace. I give away right? all my power. Too. Yeah. All your, yeah. Centeredness, power, peace. Just, yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. That's a great, that's a great visual too. Just step over the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell, I mean, I was shocked. I just like looked at my friend. I'm like, no way we get to, we can do that. <laughs> It, it was wild. I had to travel a thousand miles for some random person in the middle of conference to give me permission to do that. It was, but I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I yeah. did. <laughs> totally. Well, it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. He just invited a new possibility for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, Whitney, it's been so much fun. Tell us where people can find out more information about you and connect with you. Yeah, definitely. So you can find me at passiveinvestingwithwhitney.com. And, you know, there's a short little form there but it helps me understand what you're looking for, especially if you like real estate and you want to get involved into it in it in some sort of active or passive way. Um, I have some free goodies there for people as well, a checklist and an ebook. And then you can also schedule a time with me one-on-one -on -one and I can, you know, just have a conversation with you to see how I can help you achieve your goals. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, David, thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. You bet. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? 
You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. The thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.